0: This is Leaders Who Scale, and I'm Jeff Siegel. I've worked with thousands of companies over the years, and I'm fascinated by seeing how many of them grow and scale. Join me as we learn from the leaders of growing companies and share that knowledge. Leaders Who Scale is sponsored by Siegel Solutions, providing world-class accounting, advisory, and QuickBooks and Acumatica Cloud ERP services. Today's guests are passionate about finding innovative and creative educational solutions. They both have over a decade of experience in the digital slash online education industry. The co-founders of Mountain Point Academy, an accredited online school. And since its formation in the end of 2017, they've gone through a long process of becoming accredited and now have grown their student base to over 60 students. I wanna welcome Angelie Stevens and Sarah Buzalaki. Welcome. Thank you so
1: much, Jeff. Yes, thanks for having us, we're excited to be
0: here. I'm excited to have you on. Um, it, it's exciting to actually have uh, two guests at the same time. So it'll be it'll be interesting, two co-founders, which is awesome. So I know you've been uh, doing this for the last, I guess now it's five years, right? And took a couple of years becoming accredited. What's so, been, go ahead, sorry, Sarah. Yeah,
2: okay. I was gonna say, we, we, we had the idea for the school in December, 2017. Okay formed our LLC in 2018. And that entire year was mainly just gathering our ideas. So we really got our uh, official start, I would say January of 2019.
0: Okay. All right. So that that's a quick run from the 19 through becoming accredited and then gearing up to 60 students, probably with all the uh, curriculum development and hiring. So that must have been quite the challenge in the last three years.
1: Yeah, got was, a wild uh, ride. A lot of work. For sure.
0: <laughs> so what has been the most challenging aspect to this point?
1: Well, so I think one of the big ones is accreditation. I mean, the accreditation process is no joke. It's a lot of just looking at everything, the business financials, the scalability, the curriculum, the student interaction. So that was, our, I would say, our biggest hurdle initially was to just get accredited so that we could start bringing on students. And now I think being in the thick of it, um, the biggest challenge that we face is just the scalability of our program, because we do want to provide that one-on-one support for students. And so trying to scale that up with teachers to match the influx of students, I would say, is one of our bigger challenges right now.
0: Were were you able to, through that uh, accreditation process, were you able to do any kind of um, teaching or was that a total operational process where you had to do all that first?
2: We had a few students during that point in time, Mm -hmm. uh, kind of the chicken and egg problem where um, the accrediting body needs to see how you're interacting with current students in order to move forward with the accreditation process. You do have to have students but it is a lot more difficult to find students to come enroll at your school when you're not yet accredited. Um, So we started off during that process, we had one uh, group that we worked with, um, maybe about six kids at the most Mm -hmm. while we were going through the accreditation process. And so that was up through about the year, like I said, 2020, early 2020, when that happened. and since then, we've grown to about seven different groups that we work with, each about 16 beds for students. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, it's it's almost like painting a car and driving it at the same time, right? So it's like you, you've got to, you know, do a lot of things at the same time. to get a credit, it's a, like you said, a chicken and egg thing. And I, do you, had you gone through this process even in your prior... Your prior job before starting the school
1: so we had been involved with kind of the accreditation process but not so much on the back end just mm-hmm. as far as answering questions about what we did in our job roles at the school so this was really our first time seeing it from you know the head of operations perspective and really having to dive into documenting our processes making sure our policies were in place and really just getting into the meat and bones of everything so Luckily, we had a great advisory board (laughs) that knew a lot of these different areas. And so they were a huge asset to us as we were getting accredited because they had expertise, the knowledge, they could kind of fill in any of the gaps that we weren't aware of.
0: And so between the two of you, which one is, uh, or maybe both, is the visionary and which one's more of the operational (laughs) person, or maybe you both fill both hats?
2: Yeah, I think initially both of us were big into the visionary side of things. And, you know, this was our brainchild. Like we had all these ideas and how are we gonna get it off the ground? And um, so we both took on that role plus every other hat that we could possibly wear in the beginning. And after we started getting, going a little bit more into it after a year, we realized the need to start separating that a little bit. So Anjali has been taking on a lot of the business marketing side. Um, you know I'm moving more toward operational and we still both bring excellent ideas to the table so a little bit of both there's a good blend right now still
0: yes, were you yeah it sounds like you're both entrepreneurial that's what started this right and is you know had you always um, did you always want to do this or because I'm sure that I'm not sure what your background is as far as you know before this started um, but was there always something like hey I'd love to start this or this is kind of how did this actually come to be that's probably the biggest yeah
1: yeah I I think for me so I actually have a degree in journalism which is not related to the (laughs) education field at all really Um, and so I just kind of happen chance, ended up in the online education world, fell in love with it because I just love seeing, you know, students succeed and the excitement that they get when it clicks for them. Um, and so I think for, you know, Sarah and I, we, we worked at two other schools before this, kind of just met as co-workers, made a great team from the start. And so throughout the years, as we were working together, we would see things and we're like, oh, wouldn't it be so cool if we could do this? Or couldn't we expound on this? And could we do this? And, you know we weren't the bosses. and so we're like, we can't really institute this change. And so I think it was like six years we would just kind of like, we, we could totally start our own school. We could do this, you know and, yeah. then, and then it just never happened because you know it's a big it's a big leap to take that risk of hey, let's let's do this, you know and so then finally we just got to the point where we're like, no, like we really have a solid idea here. let's let's do it. So I remember I called Sarah up and I was like, hey, remember how we've been throwing this idea around for a while? Like, I'm ready to take the plunge, are you? And so she's, hey, let me think about it. I'll get back to you. And then the next day, she's like, yeah, let's do it. And so <laughs> then from there, that's when we, like Sarah said, just got the ideas and started the right. working parts. So,
0: But where, where, do you, where do you actually start? I mean, it's like, okay, we're going to do it. What What is, I'm just curious what those initial steps were. I mean, you probably... Does capital be raised, or unless you're investing your own time and money and this curriculum to be developed, and this the whole um, as I'm thinking now, the whole technology aspect of this, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like we're just curious what that looked like at the beginning of um,
2: this we enterprise. in the beginning, <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great question. In the beginning, um, we knew how important the accreditation piece was going to be. So having a general idea on what that was going to look like and that being such a high priority, we started working on some of the things we knew we were going to need for that because um, where some companies might be a little bit different where they just start making sales and getting right into it and then the processes follow or maybe they're flying by the seat of their pants, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But for us, we actually had to outline Um, We had to have a student handbook right away, we had to have specific processes for each job role that we would have outlined. If we don't have that stuff, we wouldn't become accredited. So we worked on that for a long time, just getting all of our ducks in a row um, and prepping for that piece first. As far as curriculum goes, we decided that initially, we would contract out for a lot of our curriculum so we have a third party uh, curriculum developer that we use primarily um and we decided that was at least going to get us off the ground so it was one less piece that we had to worry about up front knowing that as we would move forward we would continue developing our own curriculum until we reached a point where we were at a happy blend or maybe we would use only our own developed curriculum so
0: yeah I'm sure the curriculum changes like all the time, right? Are you, I mean, always it revamping it and.
1: <laughs> it does. And, and that's kind of one of the perks of using um, like a curriculum provider, because that's really what they do. So they're kind of doing their due diligence to make sure that it's up to date, it's changing and doing those processes. And then we can just kind of do our own due diligence as well, to make sure that it's still aligned to the standards we have to follow and then, like Sarah said, we have started developing some of our own like elective type classes for students to be involved in as well.
0: And how many, did, but, well, actually, what are, what are the age groups? We didn't even talk about that. Like what?
1: Yeah, so we, our school, we're accredited to serve students in grades six through 12. Um, and so right now, the majority of our students are in residential treatment center programs. So they're there for either behavioral issues or addiction or you know, mental health things. And so we basically just kind of step in and provide that educational piece. And then we also do cater to the homeschool market as well. So we do have several students that are just homeschool kids that want an online option that works for them. On those residential centers, um, what, what what did they do before? I,
0: I would have thought that they had their own, like coming people coming in and, you know, teaching, but is that something that they've always kind of outsourced that to schools and online? So
2: a lot of the groups we work with, um, we got involved with them from their infancy. So as they were building their program, they were looking for a solution to the academics. And Mm -hmm. so we met them right in the beginning stages and just kind of meshed with what they were trying to do. Um, We've worked with groups in the past that have tried to do the academic piece on their own. Um, And that works really well for some residential treatment centers. Um sometimes with the demographic, it's difficult to keep a full time teacher um, on staff because it's a very difficult setting. It's a high stress position, so it's difficult to find just a body. to to keep in a residential setting for a long period of time. There's very high turnover on staff in those programs. So not only are you looking for a staff member that's going to be there on site, but it also has to be a certified teacher. That's tough. Um, And so we've worked with groups that have tried it and then we're out there just looking for other options. And so we almost operate as a school within a school. Um, you know, so we implement our program. We usually work with a point person at the group um, to be kind of our boots on the ground person that's there with the kids and observing everything they're doing. But we're the ones who cert- uh, have all the certified teachers. We have our principal, we have a special ed teacher on staff. Um, and we handle all of the academic, you know, anything that's related to academics, whether it's records, tutoring, the instruction piece, that's all handled by us. It's just completely off their plate and they can focus on what they do, which is the therapeutic side of things.
0: Now that sounds ideal for these people who are starting these places, like you mentioned, because um, that's, that's one huge component. They just have to have to have right for these students. Yeah. Definitely. So, as far as just running the business and um, the technical side of running it, but also the entrepreneurial side of growing it. I mean, what's the? Cha- it sounds like there's probably challenges there because you're you have to do both, right? Because Sarah, it sounds like you are really more operational. So you're the day to day, whether it's talking to, you know, parents or teachers or, you know, some of the um, curriculum providers, and then also thinking about, hey, I want to get to us, we as co-founders, you. Um, both want to get to a certain point. I'm not sure what that is or if you have a goal, but how difficult is it to kind of straddle both both of those things whether, you know, entrepreneurial as well as the operations.
2: We're at a crossroads and I think we're yeah. at a crossroads right now. This has been the thing that keeps coming up in conversation because um up until this point or within the last several months, we've been doing Everything. everything. Like we've been handling the parent calls. We've been just trying to keep the school operating day to day and haven't had as much time to focus on the long-term vision and, and the growth as what mm-hmm. we would really like to be doing. And now we're getting to a point where we have a few really solid teachers on board. We have a great principal. Um, we're looking to step back <laughs> from that um, just constant, you know, dealing with parent phone calls and emails coming in about, oh, my student needs this or that, you know, I love doing that. Don't get me wrong. I love that part of it. But we also need to focus on that long-term vision. And so bringing in the right people is tough. Like Angela mentioned, the, um, one of the big hurdles is scalability and finding the right staff members that are like-minded Mm-hmm. And um, share the vision and, and being <laughs> comfortable enough, letting go of some of that. Yeah. It's hard sometimes to let go when you're used to doing it all, and it's like, okay, yeah. like this is my baby that I've grown for the last however many years. Like, you know, you just hope that you make the, the right hires um, and you have the right people in place.
0: I, it is tough. I mean, there's a, I don't know if you ever read that book, The E Myth kind of been around for a long time Um, and there's other books on this whole topic too it's like what happens we i'm I'm an accountant by trade so we all have our like technical abilities we jump in and that's we all like oh i could start a company i'm a great accountant you're a great you know on on online you know school provider i guess Um, and then all of a sudden it's like wait a minute i gotta get out of working in the in the business and when do i start working on it it's just, yeah, it's this pivotal point, like you mentioned, where you you then, you then start to, or I've seen other companies, they start to map out all the roles that they need, and then just kind of start filling them. It's, yeah. it's difficult, because I, I think our comfort zone, I'm not sure about you, is like, I I sometimes want to roll up my sleeves and reconcile someone's bank account. I know that stuff. It's pretty easy, and it's, yeah. you know, I could jump right in, as opposed to... Um, you know, how am I going to um, go out and bring in new business and strategize and going out of the territories and things like that? That's a little bit more scary. So
2: (laughs) totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's probably other people right in the same boat, because the reason why we started the school was not because we want to run a business and be these amazing business owners. We wanted to run the school because we were passionate about the school side of things. Right. Like, yeah, we, we, relate more to being educators than maybe the business side of things. So learning to balance that and remember why we started it with our passion. And that part comes easy to us. Yeah. That's what we've been doing for 10 years is we've been in online education. And so learning the business aspects, at least for me, Angeli can speak, uh, you know, on her, but um I definitely that's where my passion is 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 the school side of things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and I I laugh and grin when Sarah says that, because I did get, I have a master's in business management and leadership. And so I do feel like I kind of have the more, you know, business vision with the day-to-day, like I, I can get both sides because I've been there and I've been in the trenches, so I get it. But yeah, at the same time, like, okay, how are we gonna scale? And what are we doing? What's our budget like? Where are we at? What are the next steps? You know, so it's it's Sarah and I bring a balance to each other, which is good because like, you know, and, and like she mentioned before, we've both been visionaries at different times. And then we can we can fill in if we're shorthanded or we can't right. find somebody, right? Because both of us know how to run every aspect of the business because we've done it before.
0: Yeah. I mean, it sounds like I it sounds like you're at that stage. I've seen companies where that when they first start out. Um, it's a little different with you but a lot of them will start out just trying to get customers you guys started out building the process first because you had to for the accreditation but a lot of them are just like hey I'll just accept any customer that walks in the door that I think I could solve their issues and and then they get to that problem where the, then they have to backfill with operations um, so it's interesting that you actually had to get that operations you had to get that yeah. piece first and then you go out and get your clients or your students. Um, and it sounds like yeah, one of you is kind of like more on the visionary side or in that role. Angelie, is it, that's you, right? I would say, yep. <laughs> Sarah, you're probably more operational. I think at some point you need, or maybe you already have this person, like this, the, the, the pro what we call the processor, like, is everything in place? Do we have the right contracts and the right, you know, pro, uh, systems and can we scale, and it, that's is that probably both of you still like thinking about that? or is there another a little person? bit? Yeah,
1: I, I think we both kind of have that role. Um, yeah. but like Sarah said, we have a really strong principal who is kind of, you know, he's part of our leadership team that we say. and mm-hmm. so we meet with him bi-weekly just to discuss, okay, what are the processes? Where are we at with yeah. this? What do the teachers need? And so he kind of, oversees and directs that part of it as well to make sure that at least the educational processes are there and then Sarah and I kind of hold each other accountable to the business part where we're like all right here's our organizational meeting here's our financial meeting where are we at with this so her and I are constantly you know several meetings a week just to make sure we're on track see where we're at so
0: is there um, I've noticed there's always some natural conflict sometimes between some roles because Somebody wants to go and the, you know, we want to grow and there's another person going time out. We got to do this first. Does that start to happen sometimes? Or like- Totally. Yeah.
1: I, I always tell Sarah, I'm like, I feel like I'm always the one that's like calling the timeout. Like, that's a yeah. great idea. But do we have the process in place first? You know, we got to, again, the chicken and the egg scenario. You yeah. right? have all these great ideas that you want to do you know, like we would love to give scholarships to students, you know, ones that maybe can't afford it, or it's just they, they they thrive in online learning, but for whatever reason, they can't afford the tuition. But it's like, yeah, but if we do that, then we can't cover our costs. And then we cease to be a school, right? So let's get to the point where right. we can have the revenue, the, you know, the scalability, and then we can start just, yeah, really doing scholarships and all the grand ideas we want to do. So it is kind of those incremental steps and kind of, reigning in the visionary side to get the processes in place. <laughs> it's not only
2: that, it's too, it's um, since I'm working more hands-on with customers after the sale's been made, yeah. I'm very much like, we, you know, I want to do this for the customer. Mm-hmm. I want to, yeah. you know, it's like trying to please the customer too much. And right. I think you brought up the other day, the book, The Predictable Success, which we yeah. both have now, and we're going to read through That's the whole thing. <laughs> um, but, you know, getting to the point where... There's a balance between following your uh, processes and not um, going too crazy with bending over backwards for a customer. Obviously you want to keep your customer happy and we do a great job of that. Yep. But sometimes Anjali has to rein me in because I'm like, well, we could do this, this, and this, and this for them. And they would love it. And I'm mean, we like, would, think. yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like, let's add it to the list for yeah. like, you know, oh, yeah, we like have, 2024. have 2024,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. We have a big old master spreadsheet of all these great ideas that we're like, yeah. okay, let's determine which one we want to roll out, the funding and where it goes, and then we'll start implementing them. So. Yeah.
0: Someone told me once, you know, figure out your core and just be the best at it. And because it, I, I, as a business owner, have this shiny red object, you know, squirrel, you know, syndrome. <laughs> and I have to rein myself in sometimes, but sometimes I don't in my own, team is like what are you doing you know you know
1: (laughs) yeah it's it's easy to do because you're getting excited about it
0: yeah yeah because i you know we work with a lot of different clients and you know you start talking to them and they're like oh we could use this we could do that and i'm like oh we could probably do that or we could do you know sure we could add that software to your quickbooks program whatever and yeah i i have to rein myself in so um yeah we can relate to that Yeah, because I drive everyone crazy. That's where the conflict sometimes comes in. I'll walk in and um, say, oh, we're going to start doing this. And they're like, what? You know, we can't do that. Um, so you talk about like your management team. So you, have, you, you mentioned that you have the principal and you have some other people probably in play. Like do you, do you meet like regularly and set goals. And what, what's that look like as you try to scale?
1: Yeah, totally. So so like I said, we meet with our principal biweekly to have the leadership meeting, kind of see where we're at with accreditation, because that's the other thing. Then you have an accreditation review every five years Uh. and they want to see the process and the improvement journey that you've been on. So you need to be documenting all the steps of, well, this is how we've grown and this is how we've innovated and this is how we've tightened up our processes. (laughs) And so we're constantly meeting about that, too, to make sure that's all on track And then on top of that, we do have a very solid advisory board as well. So we meet with them and kind of talk about, you know, the stakeholders and what they're looking for, what the general community needs. And and they can provide insights as well to, again, just help the processes of the school run more smoothly. Um, And then we also have a business and financial advisor that we meet with fairly regularly as well, just to make sure that we're not neglecting the business yep. side of things because again sarah said you get excited about the school part It's all, it almost feels like you have two businesses with the school because you're running the students but then you also have to worry about this accreditation piece and making sure you have all of that and that in, a, in and of itself is a full-time job i mean some schools have a team of 20 plus people that are handling that for this one review so wow.
0: Yeah. And you're trying to grow the business yes, at the same yeah. time. So you've got what's happening today with students and curriculum, you've got accreditation, and then it's like, where do we want to go in the next 12 months or four mm-hmm. months? So a
1: lot of moving pieces. So. Yeah. <laughs> is it everything you thought it was,
0: you know, when you first started? Or is it, is it like, could you give yourself advice? If you look back when you first started, like, this is what you're going to be in for. I mean, things <laughs> pop up that you didn't think about
2: um that's a good question
1: yeah.
2: I would say it's been pretty predictable for me and it's for the most part what I thought it would be um I do give my last employer maybe a little bit more grace after you know I guess, being on both sides, where when I was an employee at a school, it seems so simple. Like, well, I'm pretty much running the entire school anyway, but you don't realize how much that other side, that business side, how much attention it really requires until you're doing both pieces. Um, So yes and no to that question. It's mostly what I thought it was, but the business growth side of things is a little bit more challenging for me than what I was anticipating.
1: Yeah. No, I, and, and I could agree to that to an extent as well. So, and I think one of the biggest things that I kept hearing was, you know, you need to hire before you think you're ready. And so looking back, that's probably the biggest piece of advice I would have taken is earlier on, maybe hiring somebody that was like a full-time staff to do some of the day-to-day things that that took away from the focus of the business. Because I think that's what's been more challenging about focusing on the business side is having to be so wrapped up in the day-to-day operations that if we would have had a person early on that's like, okay, this is your job, you run with it. And then Sarah and I are going to focus on this lane. I think it was just the having to focus on all the lanes at once that got a little overwhelming. And so we almost created a
2: bottleneck for ourselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: By not hiring soon enough.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I see that a lot. Even now, it's like when I, even for me, it's like, um, we need to hire, we need to hire. So I'm always thinking ahead. But earlier on in my own growth, I was like, oh, I hire a full time person and salary and yeah. benefits. And am I going to have enough work for them? And yeah. am I actually going to make enough money to pay them? So there's all that stuff that happens early on.
1: So. Totally. All those things. And I think, you know, initially, as far as funding goes, Sarah and I were basically bootstrapping it ourselves, you know, so okay. we were the ones investing, we were the ones putting in the money. And so I think that's kind of how we justified, well, well, we're just going to do it because it's, it's our money, it's our time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, all those questions you just mentioned, are we going to have enough to pay somebody? And how right. are we going to come up with the money and things like that? You know?
0: Yeah, I, we all go through it um yeah. now i'm almost the other way like we're gonna need someone in six months so let's hire them now it's gonna take time to train and I'm, I'm prepared to do it but earlier on it was you know yeah it was it's tough thinking about hiring somebody uh-huh. uh, yeah <laughs> and then just you know, i don't know about you earlier on in this in my own stages i i went through some bad hires which, you know because just wasn't prepared to uh or not asking the right questions when you're first growing you know, you yeah. don't even really know what you're looking for. You think you do. And yeah, so I'm not sure if you've had some turnover, but a lot of the companies I've talked to as they're growing, there's a natural um, turnover that they, they go through. Yeah. yeah.
2: We've been pretty lucky, honestly. Oh, yeah, really huh, good. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. We have some wonderful people on staff. I mean, in that area, we've been so blessed.
0: That's awesome.
2: It's kind of a miracle, you know, you look at just how things happen and different people come and go in your life. And I just, I feel like we've been so lucky with the people that have been surrounding us and the people we've brought on board, Um, all very like-minded people and really support the vision of the company. I mean, I feel like the culture that we have going at our school is pretty solid and I love everybody we work with. Everyone, you know, collaborates and really brings a lot to the table mm-hmm. and it's, it's awesome.
1: Yeah. It's
2: great in that area. We just now, now we're at a point where we're looking to bring on more and, you know, going through the hiring process <laughs> and the interviews, that's been a little challenging over the last <laughs> month or so, but yeah, we'll I was, get there.
0: I was going to ask you two things. One of it's on my list here, culture. How do you promote this culture when it's online, it's an online environment, right? Cause I, I suppose everybody's remote. I'm not sure if you have clusters in the same area, but I, I'm, you can tell me if you do or not, but how do you, I mean, everything's through, you know, your computer, I assume. Yeah. Do you ever get together somehow or someplace? Uh, we, yeah, like that. yeah. Yeah.
1: That's a great question. So we do have, we do have like a, a monthly meeting where all of our staff gets together over zoom, you know, where <laughs> we can connect and, throw ideas out and throw out the collaboration see what the needs are. Um, We do have some of the teachers that are located here in Utah with myself and so and our principals in Utah so I'll meet up with him and see him and you know try to do that. Sarah's by one of our other teachers she's like an hour away from her so periodically they'll get together to kind of meet up and work together too so we do have opportunities to still connect in person. Um, This next month Sarah will be in Utah so we'll probably connect then and and do that. And we have a a conference that we're going to, to just network and try to bring on more clients as well. So yeah, we have, we have periodical things throughout the year and then, you know, like holiday parties, we'll connect over zoom and just play a game, you know, just to promote unity and team, team building and all of that. So yeah, we've just been really lucky to, like Sarah said, just surround ourselves with like-minded people and using the network of people that we know are already kind of that same vision, you know, like, Oh hey, I, I know you from way back when and I remember you liked this and this. Like you want to be part of the team, you know. So so it's been great. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we do we do it here too. We have a lot of remote bookkeepers and we we meet every every week through um, Zoom on like Fridays, and half the call may be some some um, business component, education, some new things we've learned, but then it seems like half of it is just uh, you know people chatting about what's going on in their, their life and it's an hour an hour call but it ends up being like an hour and a half people stay on <laughs> afterwards and chat
1: yeah. So uh... we, we can relate to that and <laughs> you know sarah, sarah and i are big on relationships and network building and things like that so we're, we're all about that just yeah chit chat we even have like an open co-working space that's just open on okay. zoom so that that's- if they want to jump on we're on and then we can all shoot ideas around or solve problems, you know, that way you kind okay. of have that social component as well while you're yeah. working from home and separated.
0: <laughs> no, that's a great idea. We, we use Teams, so we're always like chatting and, you know, you're around and then you know, we can just video call each other. So it's, yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we, have,
2: we have something similar, Google workspace. Oh yeah, and there so. you
0: go. Okay, yep. yeah, same thing. It's
2: great, yeah. it's awesome.
0: Yeah, cause I, I was curious how that works. Cause then I, how do you, do you also, do that from the, um, the student side i mean is there is every like let's just say um is every sent home or residence that you deal with kind of on their own or do you do any kind of common type you know things to kind of bring that together there's no i guess maybe my big thing is is a school spirit from a stu- from a student <laughs> point of view, and this, how you do that from an online view.
1: That's, that's what, what like I'm it.
0: trying to get to.
2: Oh, <laughs> Jeff, this is one of the the big <laughs> things that comes up when it, it's it's something we we're striving for and constantly striving for. Finding out how logistically that can happen. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this is a big challenge and one that it's a huge goal of ours. So our groups are a little bit siloed, um, yeah. some, uh, part of the reason for privacy reasons mm-hmm. for our students, obviously mm-hmm. there are restrictions that we have to work around where we can't have students that are in one group necessarily collaborating with students that are in another group. Um, it's a challenge, something that we're shooting for though
0: yeah i wonder if there's like one of the one of the groups i'm here um a member of here entrepreneurs organization um they global but what we we recently did is like a fitness challenge and Mm -hmm. we're like an app that we all shared and it was like the most steps and activity and we had um we have forums so the forums competed against each other so i can imagine you can almost do it through schools or whatever but um, yeah
1: we've We've over like over time we've had a couple different contests where students could submit individual things where like hey let's design a t-shirt for the school or let's design a sticker that you can put on your notebook to promote school pride you know yeah and so so we've had things like that where they're not necessarily FaceTiming with each other but they're they're still feeling a little bit of connection to the school and its mission and vision. Um, we had another student that wanted to do, like, she was really artistic, and so for her art class, she wanted to create, like, a skateboard. She wanted to design a skateboard that had, like, our logo and was a theme around our school, and so we let her do that as one of her projects for her art class, and she was really excited to do that, so just, you know, any innovative ways we can get them excited about school is is kind of what we do, And, and kind of let the students lead out a little bit on what they're excited about so that we can have that, then feel that connection.
2: <laughs> and we'll do like a student highlight on our social media and stuff like that. Of course, we have parent permission and, and all that, but where we're just highlighting them, their interests, what their goals are for the future, what they plan to do after graduating high school, stuff like that, and a little you know photo of them. So right. um, we, we do what we can and we want to make it better because we recognize that that's an area we can continue growing in.
0: Yeah, yeah it sounds like a... a you know, uh, an opportunity somehow. And then also would differentiate you from other online schools. I think totally. it would be, if they're, yeah, it's probably, it's going to be something, right? So, yeah. um,
1: again, those are on our big visionary big, list of how we're going to make them happy.
0: Oh, that's right. I'm the shiny red object person. like
1: <laughs> have you thought of this? We all
0: are. Oh, yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, this is cool. Uh, what, what about, um, you talked about hiring, we talked about culture, just um, I was going to ask about staff shortages, but doesn't sound like you have any shortage of staff or maybe you're just trying to hire the next batch or that group of teachers, I assume.
2: Yeah. I feel like so far um, our growth has been pretty steady. Um, and we've been able to bring on just one teacher at a time. Mm -hmm. as we start, you know, um, growing the student base. So that's been a good thing. It hasn't, um, the growth hasn't all of a sudden just exploded to where we're scrambling to find people. It's been very steady. And so now we're at the point where we're looking to bring on a tutor and possibly another mentor for our students. So we're in the process of doing that. Um, Mm -hmm. But so far, growth hasn't just exploded out of nowhere. Uh, (laughs) No shortages yet.
0: (laughs) Yes. So what are your, um, I think we said earlier, you had like over 60 students. Like what's your, do you have a goal in mind? Like the end of the year, you know, going like, I guess school year to school year, because nobody joins in the middle of a school year, I assume, right? It's the typical.
1: Well, we actually, that's, that's kind of the beauty of our online program is because we are an asynchronous environment, you know, meaning students can kind of log in at their time and leisure. Um, and also with the nature of working with the residential treatment programs, is a lot of times these kids can be pulled from their school at any given time and Hmm. so we do have kind of just open enrollment so we could have a kid start next week you know if they got pulled from their school and they need to continue with their courses and and that's the beauty of being able to have like a flexible online curriculum too because then we can pull that information kind of personalize those classes to where they're at so that they can finish those up with with us and and stay on track so It is pretty fluid with that. So so really our enrollments are like, you know, normally a school, your busy season is like August and then May when Mm -hmm. you're wrapping up, right? But for us, like we had a huge influx in January, you know, because that was just that was when kids needed to be in these RTCs. And so um, really it can be kind of anywhere. But I think you know, it would be awesome if we could double our student base, you know, by the end of the year. And so that's why we're kind of trying to ramp up our marketing and and getting the growth and the scalability there, which is also why we're kind of preemptively hiring a tutor and a teacher mm-hmm. so that we can kind of handle those influxes as well. Could
2: and you- last year, last year, sorry, before I to cut you off, last year we grew our student base by 300%. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. last year was huge. Um, it'd be great to continue that, but there were a few things that really fell into place to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'd love to just keep a steady influx of students going. Every student that comes through our door is a new family then that works as word of mouth through us. So as far as I'm concerned, our growth will be exponential because of that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. is there that's what point, we're looking to go.
0: Yeah. Is there a point where you need to, um, where you could grow without adding too many teachers and tutors and you have to add more? like you know, is it, can one teacher handle multiple places, multiple
1: schools? Totally. Centers? Yeah. Yeah. And, and we've, we've, sp- that's part of kind of our hiring process too, is when we bring them on, we say, you know, what are your ideal hours? What are you looking for? And some of them are like, well, I might only want part-time. And we say, well, you know, we can start you with 10 hours and then it will eventually grow to 20 and potentially 30. And so again, luckily we've just been really Blessed with the people we've hired who are like, yeah, give me more. I really want to do this, and I like this, and um, you know. And then looking at new tutoring hires, we're like, you know, a lot of them are certified teachers, and so we've asked them, well, would you be willing to then grow into this next position? So kind of also having that initial investment up front, you know, seeing where they're at, what they're expecting, and are you willing to grow with this company? Because if we find somebody that's great and supports the vision, obviously we want to kind of hire within and you know keep that momentum and that culture going because it's already there and has been fostered as well.
2: There definitely is a a cap of, you know, how many students per instructor, because our teachers, this is something that makes us unique as an online school, but our teachers have face-to-face contact with the majority of our students on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. So you can't expect one teacher to have 120 students, for example, on their caseload, they would never be able to meet with that many students, handle all the grading because we, you know, you gotta think of all of those things. We have grading, we have the face-to-face time, um, just answering general support questions. So it's scalable to a point. Um, Mm -hmm. And then after we reach this threshold, then that's when we have to bring on a new person who can then keep growing until we hit that next level. Mm So.
0: Yeah, is the instruction more of student where they can just log on in their own pace or is it actual hours where they're you know the the teacher will be available or this is what we're going to do for this for today or tomorrow like how does that work
1: yeah so so with that asynchronous environment it is you'll have students of all grade levels even within one treatment center and so they're all in their own individual courses with pre-recorded instruction so they can go through it at their own pace. So if you have a student who's really dedicated, wants to graduate faster, they might finish a course within a couple of weeks whereas another student might be in the same course but you know they're not comprehending or they're just not as motivated or whatever it might be, it might take them a little bit longer. So it is that they can set their own pace and work when they have school and usually they have set hours with within which they're doing academics at a residential program and then obviously our homeschool kids that are just at their houses same thing they say well I want to work on school from one to four and we're like that's great you know and these are the hours of our support so that you can get retakes and support and then if they need tutoring then we work around their schedule to set up tutoring that's available for them.
0: Do you you have systems to tell you when a student may not be warming as well or not logging in as much or like here's how all that stuff works
2: yeah that's something that the teacher who is the mentor over a specific student or a group they're doing progress monitoring weekly and goal setting with the student weekly um if a student is struggling or are there any red flags like that that gets escalated right away Um, we recommend the student for tutoring or additional supports as needed. So we kind of have just like scaffolding layers of support. Uh, We might refer them to another resource. We might refer them to doing one-on-one tutoring or whatever that might look like. Uh, But yes, that's something that's closely monitored on a weekly basis by the mentor that is over that specific
1: group of students. Yeah. That way too, if there are any other you know issues like plagiarism or different things like that. Those are also brought to our attention right away, where we can then intervene with our processes of, "Hey, this is our school policy, and let's let's yeah. get you back on track here."
0: <laughs> so the other thing I was going to ask, you know, in a normal school environment, you have like field trips and stuff. Do you guys do any kind of coordination with like local? Um, you know, places where you could actually send a group of students to on a quote field trip or you work coordinate with the the treatment center to do something yeah. like that? Just curious That's a great if that even yeah. happens. Yeah.
1: Kind of in a sense, we kind of do. Um, usually they're the ones that are overseeing like any activities for students. So they're sometimes taking them to ski resorts or on and, a hike or to sporting events or whatever. Um, And so basically what we do is we find a way for them to also get credit for some of those activities. So we're telling them, hey, what activities are you involved in? How are you supporting the students to get out and be active or culinary arts or any of these things? Mm -hmm. And then we work on a syllabus so that they can get credit for this. We call it experiential learning. So that while they're out and having these experiences, they can also get high school credit for that. And so we, we do throw out suggestions <laughs> for the mm-hmm. residential treatment centers to do and then say, yeah, let us know. We can document yeah. it. Eventually, I think Sarah and I both want to get to the point where we can pop in and participate in some of those as well. And kind of, you know, connect with the students in that way also.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't, uh, I wasn't sure whether, like if you had some students that were really, or they were working on something from a curriculum point of view, whether you could coordinate with the, um the center and say hey these five-year you know um residents are really kind of they're into art or something and you know it'd be great to coordinate we can help you find a place where we take them to the museum for the day or stuff like that not sure but yeah
2: yeah absolutely but that's so we we have those conversations with our group admins and so they're very much in the loop on the interests of the students and trying to coordinate and innovate with different ideas. So absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's something we'd like to branch out and do more with our individual kids because yeah. right now there's not as much of that with the kids who are at home, but it would be really cool at some point to identify different clusters of, of individual students, you know, like mm-hmm. in the homeschool space, um, they have like co-ops and like different things where um there's local groups for kids who are all homeschooled. So I think eventually that's something we would like to do is um, maybe set up, we could set up like Facebook groups or something for the greater, I'm in Milwaukee, the greater Milwaukee yeah. area, you know, Mountain Point students can get together and uh, do scheduled field trips and stuff like that. So. Definitely on our list. Um, something we haven't quite implemented yet
1: for the for the
2: individuals.
0: That's, so. that's down the road. I'm, I'm thinking yeah. of all these like squirrel. I like, know. <laughs> <laughs> you see and how stuff.
1: easy it is to do, Jeff. It's yeah, just it's, one idea after another. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm thinking, what about a company that just does that, right? And then they go to all right. these online schools and say, hey, let us be, you know, you know, your um, field trip yeah. people, and yeah. they just right? that different.
1: Second it's a whole new business
0: model. model. <laughs> yeah, it's another business model. <laughs> I know, that's my problem. So um, and, um, so what um, What excites, actually, here's a question that, that I, I don't always ask, but if somebody kind of landed like, I don't know, $5 million on your door and said, do whatever, what do you want to take the school and do whatever with this? What, what would you do with it? like what when you because that makes your mind explode right um as opposed to
1: well all of our our ideas we would implement right we would set up our Facebook or our Facebook and our field trip groups and I think you know we would drop it into curriculum development to make it a little more innovative and exciting for students and some of those things are just off the top of my head
2: (laughs) yeah so we mentioned before that we do a lot of our A lot of our curriculum is contracted through a a third party Mm -hmm. or several different third parties. Um, It would be amazing to really work on developing a solid curriculum that's unique to our school. Obviously, it's something that you keep revamping year to year. But one of the biggest questions that comes up in all of our staff meetings is student engagement.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. And helping them make connections to what they're learning, you know, to the real world and what they might wanna do for their future. So putting a a good amount of that into curriculum development would be a really cool thing. Um, I'd also like to bring on um, a few more teachers that are specialized in different areas just to help support our students better. And of course, getting the word out as well. You know, some would go toward marketing and, Helping us reach a broader audience with our individual families because our focus up to this point has been a lot with the residential treatment centers. Um, all, almost all the individual students we have are actually overflow from kids leaving one of the programs and deciding that they want to stay with us at home. So they liked our program while they were, you know, while they were there at the RTC, and they're like, "Hey, can I continue this from home?" But I think maybe putting uh, a stronger emphasis on going out to get those students and and making them aware that Mountain Point Academy is another excellent option for online school. So right now we're not as well known for Mm -hmm. that market.
1: Yeah. And yeah, yeah, so having some of those bigger ideas and like Sarah said, making us stand out as unique in an online space with, yeah, whether it's those engaging field trips and opportunities for them to FaceTime and just fostering those relationships and connections. So yeah, dropping it into marketing and different ideas that would get more of a a wider base involved, I think, would be huge.
0: Yeah, I mean, one of the things I was just thinking again, another um, squirrel just ran by uh, was the, my my uh, entrepreneurial group. We started doing mentoring right to high school, you know, students who are thinking about maybe they want to, you know, have their own business or what does it look like. And um, they're they're global, so they're in every state. So there's like an opportunity where you can tap into like organizations like that where you can offer that to a lot of these um, students
1: yeah well it's funny you say that Jeff because I mentioned we were going to start a podcast and so part of the premise of our podcast is we're going to have conversations with professionals in their career kind of talking with them about you know what what trainings and certifications and education did you get what are you passionate about with your job and Kind of fostering that attitude of excitement for kids because I think a disconnect nowadays is why do I have to learn math? Why do I have to go to high school? This is stupid, you know? And so right. fostering that attitude of excitement for kids with learning and helping them see the long term purpose mm-hmm. of this is why you're having to do school now because look what you can do in the future. Oh, you want to be a business owner? Oh, you want to be a psychologist? Oh, you know, and, and just having those conversations so that kids can get a little more engaged yeah. and excited about me That'd learning. be kind of cool. Yeah.
0: And then even letting them do a couple podcasts.
1: Totally. Yeah.
0: Them, you know, actually do it. Yeah. That'd be kind of yeah. cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, I, we spoke a lot, a lot about um, the school and what's, what's happening. We just tell tell me about yourself. Like, I know you both come out of education, but, um, I think Angela, you're in Utah, Sarah, you're in Wisconsin. Is that how you say it? Wisconsin?
2: Wisconsin. <laughs> All right. Okay.
0: <laughs> I'm from Boston. I'm, we don't, we don't even have bars and things like that. Oh, we add them to the wrong places. Um, we take yeah. them away. So <laughs> yeah.
1: I so. Made fun of my accent. So yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, Sarah and I have been, you know, like we mentioned, we've both been in this for over a decade and we've been good friends throughout the whole process. So I think in our, you know, in our spare time, we we actually were in a cover band together. Oh, okay. Um, I was playing keys. Sarah's the bass player. And, um, you know, so she, she also still does that. She's a oh, real really? rock star. So That's my part time
0: part time yeah. gig That's my side
1: thing yeah, yeah. Part-time Did, gig. Do, you, yeah. Do,
0: you, do you teach music to the to the students
2: <laughs> i i haven't yet we haven't had a ton of students needing or wanting music, music. classes which makes me kind of sad yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah oh, but yeah but i there's an opportunity there yeah yeah, yeah we're same. always on
1: the radar yeah. for opportunities like that and then yeah, and I, I am working on writing a book. So, you know, that's what I do in my spare wow. time. Wow. So. What what's
0: um what's the topic? It's
1: it's uh-huh. dating in Utah because oh. believe it or not, it's a different world when you have that. So it's <laughs> nonfiction based on my experiences. So We'll see. I mean, if anything, it's been therapeutic for me, right? So it's
0: like your version of Sex in the City, I guess, right? Pretty Uh, much,
1: yeah. But but yeah, in Utah, it's I'm telling you, it's a whole little different. (laughs) Yeah, it's a different ball game. So my
0: um, my son plays in a band. So I, I, you know, he he he's a drummer and he plays guitar and he uh, it's it's kind of a side gig, but he talks way i played the trumpet in high school i mean it's like this goes way back or you know and the flugelhorn and but he talks way over me i you know these you got you you um musicians just uh yeah (laughs) to be able to listen and know what beats per measure and all that stuff just you know it's crazy so and he's in the records i'm not sure if you guys are in the records again but you know that's
2: that's always made a comeback. Vinyl. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, for I sure. Like, I do like the vinyl for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. So comes to my house awesome on weekends with all this stuff. So uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: that's well, awesome. I was gonna say I've I've always wanted to be a drummer, so I might have to you know meet your son and have him be my teacher because I've tried to self-teach and it's he, not gone so well.
0: <laughs> he's so good, but I'm biased, but yeah he could pick up any instrument and play it. Like he can listen yeah. and just pick it up. So that's how
1: my brother is
0: and it's const- kind of
1: infuriating like like yeah. what the heck why do you have that skill and I don't
0: <laughs> right it skipped over us yeah so cool well uh, I, I I could probably ask a ton a ton of questions because it's it's interesting that um what you guys have done on with the school and coming from being you know, working in to working on and trying to do both and grow. It's, there's a lot. And I'm looking forward to following, following you. I'd love to talk to you like in a year, just to kind of like, yeah. what's the last 12 months been like? Cause I, I'm sure it'll, um, it'll probably be explosive. It sounds like so.
1: Yeah, that's what we're yeah. hoping for. Like yeah. Sarah said, we're at a crossroads and we can feel this train moving along and it's just going to really get some momentum. And the industry
2: in general, you know, or this field, the field of online education is really emerging and changing and growing, you know, especially after COVID with a lot of schools moving to digital. And so we're just hoping to be innovators in our field and create something that's different and refreshing and engaging for our students. And like we talked about this whole podcast, just finding something that sets us, sets us apart. We're excited. We're really excited about the future. Yeah. So let's, let's definitely follow up. I yeah. will
0: think of things because my mind will be going because it's it's interesting. Cause it's the whole um, student involvement, collaboration, the social side of things as well. Like, there's a lot that's missing in just traditional, I think, remote learning that just from my perspective. Um,
1: totally. And and I think that was actually one of the driving factors for Sarah and I as to why we wanted to start our own program because we did feel that it was so disconnected and it wasn't focused on the student as a whole. It just focused on, eh, get them done with school. But we're like, well, we want them to feel success just in their even personal lives so that they'll be excited about education and they'll just be excited to be a good citizen, you know? And and that's why fostering that attitude of lifelong learning and just getting them excited about that in general is Mm -hmm. kind of one of the focuses that we're striving for.
0: All right, I have another idea. I (laughs) have to keep going. (laughs)
1: metaverse.
0: you know take the quest put them in the you know those vr chat areas. they can all socialize and play games as multiplayer stuff (laughs) they can have their own screen name so nobody even needs to know where they are yeah there you go chatting and then now you've created because that's where everything's going but i don't know if you do you have the do you have any of those vr devices?
2: My brother does. I've used them. I don't personally have any. Yeah. It's crazy, it crazy what they can do now with technology. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm playing like golf with my son when he's over at my daughter's house, you know, and <laughs> and we could <can laughs> chat and play in 3D and it's, yeah. you know, so you can you talk have, about
2: field trips. You can yeah. do yeah. virtual field trips. You feel like you're really there.
0: Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. They have the uh, 360 view. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. Oh, So there you go. Maybe yeah. I'll create a school just like a social environment. There you
1: go. Yeah, <laughs> we've right. definitely thrown out ideas of yeah, we
0: keep going, another there. podcast, just an idea. So, <laughs>
1: there you go.
0: <laughs> all right. So we could find you on Instagram, right? The MPA yep. way. Yep,
1: the oh, MPA uh, way.
0: That's okay. And I'm just looking at my list here. Facebook, here, Mountain Point Academy. Yep. Right. Um, LinkedIn angeli stevens yeah. sarah a lucky all right I, I twice i did it right okay
2: <laughs> and my, and our school has a linkedin page too okay Mountain point academy
0: okay mm-hmm. great and you have the website and yep. uh, well, that's awesome now, i i want to thank you both it's been fun you know it's thank you Jeff. first time to have two on at the same time which is great yeah. <laughs> and uh i look forward to talking to you like in a year or so I yeah as...
1: yeah let's definitely stay in touch this was yeah. great we, we appreciate you taking the time to talk with us so right. thank you
0: thank you and thanks for who, the listeners people who are watching this if you like it please you know please hit like share it tell everybody else about it and um this has been another episode of leaders who scale and that wraps up another episode thank you for joining For show notes and other episodes, visit us at leaderswhoscale.com. Leaders Who Scale is sponsored by Siegel Solutions, providing world-class services and cutting-edge tools that help businesses grow and succeed.